0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hamm, and I'm here with another interview with a successful woman real estate investor. At Real Estate Investor Goddesses, we bring you um, these amazing real estate investing goddesses to share their stories, their biggest mistakes, their best advice. And our guest today, Ameda Chan, I'm I'm thrilled to have her. She has a great story, and she has also some great advice about doing due diligence properly. The due diligence is how you check out a a property or a potential partner, and she's going to talk to us about that, but talk to us about her story. After being laid off by Corporate America... Hey, well let I me mean, let me share your your story with your little background, sure. which is amazing. She was laid off by corporate America on her birthday. Oh, that's so harsh. Um, and after that happened, she was, she became committed to becoming an entrepreneur. She says that getting laid off was the best birthday present as it spurred her to create her own future. She started from a financial ground zero and she has since built a
0: multi-million
1: dollar real estate portfolio in 10 years, which uh, proves her success um, and and her success is attributed to her desire to succeed, her dedication, and her hard work. Today, her real estate projects include acquisition, development, and real estate private equity funds to help others grow their wealth. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome, Amita.
0: Thank you, Monique. Thank you. <laughs>
1: um so now you, you know, you you got laid off and you're yeah, on your birthday. Happy birthday. That sucks. Um but what <laughs> what how what got you from you know, this, you know, laid-off corporate America to real estate investing? How did you get started in real estate?
0: Well, it was truly by default, Um, just like many things in life, you didn't go to school to get laid off, you you never prepared for it. (laughs) So um, I used to work for a tech company, uh, probably traded, you know, big company and and all that. And you thought, hey, you know, this is the way to go. And that's what we were told, that's what we were trained for. And I was in the tech field uh, doing, um, you know, web design and I was in, in, in that field. And all of a sudden, 2001 Mm -hmm. came, and if uh, any of you are old enough, like me. (laughs) um, (laughs) I remember that. that (laughs) uh, Know that period of time, you know, the tech bubble burst. Um, All the dot-com company, including the one that I work for, uh, everyone for that company, are heavily invest into the company. So, uh, unfortunately, the company stock just went sliding down in half in one day. Um, so, you know, everybody was in panic mode. Anyway, uh, long story short, uh got laid off shortly after. Uh, they literally gave me a pink slip. I walk in. It was a Monday on my um, birthday. I thought, what is this? <laughs> So uh, they invited me, um, one of them, you know, into this room, big room. It was uh, filled with people. I literally holding this pink slip with me. Oh my god, I cannot believe this is happening. So, um, but during that time, it was the most devastating thing that you feel you can experience. You lost your job because, you know, now the company went under. Um, my four one k. Uh, It's gone. And also, Mm. we also privately invested heavily into this company because we were so believing the company, the CEO, the Wall Street, everybody is telling us, you got a great thing going, just go all in. And we all did. So obviously, Mm. I lost my portfolio. (laughs) And shortly after, um, thank God I was renting, so I didn't have to go through foreclosure. Uh, so uh, you know I downsized so many times and even the car got repo you, you won't believe it it's oh, no. uh, it, was long, it was a long struggle it was a very long struggle but um, then that was 2001 um, and you know struggled for a long time did a lot of odd jobs that I guess you know if again if you're old enough to, to know what a phone book actually looks like it feels like I have <laughs> gone through half of the phone books anything that I can do to make you know make. <laughs> Um, so that that was tough. That was very, very tough. And in two thousand two a couple of things happened and then two thousand three and other things happened. Was uh, in two thousand two a friend of mine, uh, who was actually in the MBA program was uh assi- her, one of her assignments is to read a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I'm sure you know well, I know that you have read and a lot of peers yeah. in our network also have. Um, that was a life changing book. Um, not only because it just kind of, like, opened up your mind. Also, you so relate yeah. to that. You feel like, you know, this book is talking to me. I know this book is talking mm. directly to me. But at the same time, you feel like, I know all these elements, but I just don't know how to put them together. So, um, that was one. The second thing happened, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a, like, super religious person, but I truly believe in... When there's a plan for you, something bad might happen first and something else could happen, but you have to know where to find this path as well. Now, during, you know, that time in 2002, another thing happened. Somehow, someway, I got tricked into going to this seminar thing. I never go into any (laughs) seminar ever in my entire life, and it turned out to be a four-day personal development, Uh, and that was another life-changing experience. That was an experience that I started to take responsibility of my own life instead of let someone else or hand it to someone else and let them do it for me. So and a lot of us, women, men included, it doesn't matter, you know, what gender you are, a lot of us feel like oh this is just the way it is but it turned out yeah. you do have options. So that was the second thing happened. Um, the next year, another thing happened. Because, uh, you know, even if you have all the knowledge, it doesn't mean that you actually know what to do with it. So yeah. the third thing happened in the next year was um, I was still struggling, obviously, you know. I read the book, you know, attend the, the seminar, but still, you know, what are you going to do with it? So a friend of mine told me, hey, you should uh, you know, I was selling news. I was selling cars. I would walk in the car lot. And if anybody, you know, are looking for a job, don't do it. <laughs> it's the worst job you <laughs> can <could> ever get. <laughs> um, so it was so terrible. And I thought, you know what, anything could be better, right? Anything could be better. So he told me, he said, you know what, my wife just got this real estate license. You can, like, be a real estate agent to, to sell real estate. I said, you know, seriously, I'm not that smart, I I don't know if I can do this. So I'll give it a try. What's the harm? Now they convinced me to do it. However, I still need to come yeah. up with the money to attend you know, attend this class. Somehow, somewhere I scraped, you know, through enough to do that. It was like a two hundred dollars. Now for sure I have confirmed my words earlier is I wasn't smart enough to pass the uh, the real <laughs> estate licensing exam. <laughs> I no. failed once, failed twice. I was like, Screw this this is crazy. Um, I, I wasn't smart enough to pass the test, So I never get the license. And uh, during that time, I was living in Las Vegas. And, uh, but however, something else happened. During that class, I learned so much in knowledge of, wow, you can do this. You can do that. But now, remember, this is a real estate licensing class. It only gives you the perspective what you can do as an agent to sell a house and make a commission. Yeah. That's their perspective. But. The, the best part is the broker who actually conducts this class, he's a serious, like, multimillion-dollar investor as well. So most brokers, they just broker, they sell real estate. but this, Yeah, this most guy, are not
1: investors Yeah.
0: Exactly. But this guy, he's, like, you know, a serious investor. And at one point, he knew, you know, our, you know, I guess, you know, our credentials, which is zero. Um, but he said, you know what, you guys want to make some money oh, yeah, of course, anybody wants to do that. And so he gave us a formula. He conducts a class in any given time, probably have about 150 students. Um, And this is a huge class. He has night class and day class, so I know how many students that he has. He told everybody about this formula. The formula is very simple, and it's just basic. You know, just follow this formula, you can go make some money. But I thought, you know what, huh, you know, I don't have money, was, I don't have credit. What was right the dead? formula? The formula, during that time in Las Vegas, it was a booming market. It's about to take off. Yeah. Remember, this is like 2003-ish, so it's not completely in the full boom yet, but it was about to. He said, Yeah. go to the a brand new subdivision, because back in the day, it still hasn't built everything, you know, like, it still have a lot of dirt. In, uh, in the uh, Las Vegas, greater Las Vegas area. So I go to a brand-new subdivision, buy in phase one, buy the smallest house, find the smallest lot. Okay. So mm. then you make some money. So, okay, how, how does that work? So the, the formula is so simple. Brand-new subdivision, buy, you know, phase one, find the smallest slot, put the smallest house on it. Okay. Sounds so simple. And it is very simple because it will take about 12 to 18 months just to build the house. Remember, this is just dirt. Back in the days, KB Home or Ryan Home would just go to this brand-new reservation, put a trailer in it, and start taking people's, you know, contracts. So, yeah. you know, um, it, it, then this is Las Vegas. Uh, you don't just walk in and buy, because all the California you know, investors will go in and line <laughs> up and buy everything. So instead of, you know, like, going to uh, uh, let people just buy up everything. They have a lottery system. Of course, I did not get lucky. Somehow, somewhere, <laughs> somebody backed out and, you know, they, they have my information. So I was a backed up offer person. So I got a call mm-hmm. and they said, hey, we have it right now. Do you want it? Said, of course. So I went in, had no idea what I was doing. It was, it was the Scariest thing, but I was just so excited, and I said, "What do I need to do?" Like, said, "Well, just bring your checkbook." And I thought, "I have one. just have no money in the bank." So, and uh, So I went in. They gave me the contract, and I gave them a $2,000 check. Now I have to come up with 2,000 dollars. Somehow some way, some miracle, I came up with 2,000 dollars. And then I say, now what? I have no, I never, ever done this before. But that's the best part. The beauty of it is I started with $2,000. I I practically, you can say I find a partner on that deal. And my partner was a lot more educated than I was at the moment. I was resourceful because I have no choice, but resourceful. Um, And that's my first investment deal. That was that was a crazy. Like the the price of the purchase initially, when I got into contract, was two hundred thousand dollars. Remember, this is Las Vegas back in many years ago. It was yeah. just about to take off. By the time we, the house was built, we closed and everything. The house gone up to three hundred thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. uh, we sold. We sold that property um, because it took longer, longer than eighteen months, actually. Um, I think we got into contract sometime like late 2003. By the time we sold it, it was like maybe sometime in 2005, 2006. I don't quite remember the timeline. So it took a long time to build that house. So you in, we'll you invested
1: $2,000. Sorry. You invested $200,000 and you got $100,000 profit or your $98,000 yeah. profit. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so that so where you you started, um, you had this this uh, teacher who was with the real estate the the broker who who gave you this formula, I guess, to buy these um, these uh, new new subdivisions early, and I guess shop and then buy them
0: cheap, and then sell them when they
1: were completed and worth more. Yeah, that was uh, the the correct, formula.
0: Correct. That, that was a, that was a formula and I know it still work in some area. Um I don't think it will work on all areas to be honest with you. Yeah. And plus, yeah, um, for sure. I you know, I I highly advise you know do more homework don't do what I did. <laughs> cool, what I was doing? Um, yeah, but, you know, being being creative and being resourceful is very very important as well. So that was my first investment deal, and that's my you know first and only flip technically. But this flip doesn't require a yeah. hammer, doesn't require any contractor. It's yeah. <laughs> the easiest flip.
1: Yeah, love it. Um, so and then so you did that first one, and what did you do? What, you know, it's been that was two thousand you said that was 2004
0: you bought was so So, correct yeah i think we we sold that property yeah we sold that property in 2000 you know five 2006 ish i don't quite remember the timeline but afterwards Mm -hmm. for some reason my gut tells me i I would have thought okay you know we can do this over again and just keep repeating what we did and but for some reason i just don't don't want to something i feel something is wrong but i again you know i, I wasn't i did not have a crystal ball i have no idea what's going yeah. on um but just my gut tells me yeah yeah something is wrong so why don't yeah. we just hold on and and see what happened, right and uh so anyway my um um then boyfriend now husband he also have you know other property um that he you know need to sell he sold his in top dollar in 2007 and again, we did the same thing. We said, you know what? You know, it, it looks like everybody's making so much money. We feel like we're missing out. But at the same time, we kind of like, yeah, we'll wait and see. And guess what? We wait just enough to see the whole thing, come ca- you know, crashing down. It, it, was, it was the most uneasy feeling. But at the same time, we were very, very blessed. Um, either, yeah. You know, they're looking back, people are like, oh, my God, how did you know? I said, you know what? I really don't. I truly don't. But my gut tells us something is up, but we just don't know what. We just listen to our gut. Yeah. And, yeah, the whole thing just, just works out so well for us. Mm. So, yeah, we, we were sitting so in cash for – yeah, I <laughs> know. So lucky. Uh, we so we then the market
1: crashes, and you have all of this cash, which is the perfect way to be. Um, and now you can buy all of the property on sale. Um, because yeah. after – after crashes now everything is just yeah everything was on sale So then um what what happened where did you what did you do after the after the bubble burst
0: um this is actually what happened um we start you know we went out to do shopping um probably mm-hmm. right around 2010 2011 but mm-hmm remember that I actually started my investment career sometime in 2003-ish, 2004. During yeah. that 2004 to 2010, 2011 time, I have been doing one thing constantly, persistently, and nonstop was I keep learning. It doesn't matter yeah. if I can apply or not immediately, but I just mean I read a lot of books. About investing, a lot of audiobooks, books. Uh, I joined different programs, mm-hmm. and it almost feels like I'm wasting a lot of time and money during that time because I didn't apply it immediately. And but I feel like you know it. Maybe the best time to do this is when I don't need it. When the yeah. opportunity comes, I already prepare. So that was yeah. the one thing I always keep telling, you know, other people do it. You know, just just go to different seminar, webinar, whatever that you can get some new information. Because of that long period of learning period, by the time 2010, we're ready. We, you know, when yeah. we already we just go for the the trophy property instead of starting from single family or some smaller deal. It would take much longer, and it just so happened we also have the capital. And back in the days, I didn't know how to borrow money or I I don't know how to do a lot of these things. So it's just the preparation really helped us to be on the right position. Once you get to a certain Mm -hmm. point of your investment, um, you know, you start to do bigger deals, and that is just a different velocity of cash flow. Completely different gain. Yep. So that's that's my experience. So, you know, and, and in 2011... Um, I I bought my first big deal, which is very very scary. Um, mm-hmm. And anybody has done that on the first time, it was like, oh my god, what if, what if, and what would ask me about this deal? Okay, this deal is actually I still have a eight mm-hmm. unit apartment building, and um, mm-hmm. in the heart of Los Angeles, it's right in my in my own backyard. And um, it it was a crazy story too because um, it's a deal that a seller. He just wants to retire. He's ready to retire. He turns 70. And he's finding the right person to buy this building because this is, has been his baby. So he remodeled yeah. everything um, inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got multiple offers. And the craziest thing is he chose me. that I have very mm-hmm. little experience. And I, but I answer all the questions correctly. But I didn't know he was interviewing me. He asked me, like, um, who's going to manage this building? It's like, I said, you know, my husband has a full-time job. I would like to learn. Uh, but, I, you know, honestly, I don't have a whole lot of experience, but I would like to learn everything about it. And that was the yeah. key. I knew that. Uh, and the, the 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 other thing that actually kind of pissed him off at the very beginning was I asked him a lot of questions because I care." And he, yeah. he told me later on after we closed, I asked him, Why did you sell it to me? You have three offers on the table. The other two are cash offers. And I'm not yeah. giving you cash. Why, why <laughs> did you tick me? He said, Well, the other two offers are cash. These people come in five minutes and they gave me an offer. Never asked me a question. I, mm. I was like, Really? And I remember, oh, my God, I asked him mm-hmm. so many questions. At one point, he was pissed, he was pissed off, and I knew that. <laughs> and, but um, mm-hmm. because of that, we, we built a great relationship, and um, somehow, someway, I actually convinced him to do seller financing, and that's why everybody was shocked that like, he did not take a cash offer. Instead, you he did seller financing for you. I said, yes. Wow. You know, we got married for, so, for a few years. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was crazy. Yeah. But I, 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 love I, that. I work very really yeah. hard to convince him. Yeah, I work very really, very really hard to convince him. And uh, I asked him the first time. He said no. Basically, I asked him this way. And if anything, I think women are the greatest negotiator. We don't stop until we get, you know, the best bargain. But this is what mm-hmm. happened. I asked him, hey, you know, would you consider seller financing? He said, oh no no no, we we don't want that. Oh okay. So two days later. He's like, do you think subtle financing? <laughs> no, I don't think. So. <laughs> and then was I asked again multiple times? I said, "You know, I truly think subtle financing." I was like, "Okay, fine, I'll do cattle financing." So,
1: <laughs> okay, I, that, I just need to make no a point, point about this
0: because that's so beautiful,
1: and a lot of um, a lot of people don't understand that that ta you know, because a, a lot of women. Um, we'll, or a lot of people will just take the no. But if you can mm. keep asking and in fun and different ways, then eventually you might get a yes. And I think part <laughs> of it is to just have fun with the, the asking, right? It's just like, yeah. you know, and you can almost like flirt your way into it or, you know, and and it's, <laughs> And that, I think that's one of the things that women can do, but a lot of women don't realize that. Um, so I love that, uh, man. You, I love your story, and you've gotten such great things. Um, let me ask you a question: What was the biggest mistake that you've made, um, and what did you learn from it? Because I think we learn. There's, you know, the the good times are great, but it's in the mistakes. Where we really learned. So, what was your biggest mistake, and what did you learn from it?
0: Well, um, of course, you know we—I'm sure everybody, all investor has a lot. Um, but my recent recent deal, um, this is what happened. You know, what, I started this transaction back in February, and um, it's it's, a, it's the longest escrow I ever 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 been. But time, we were negotiating on the contract. Uh, and just to give you know the audience a little bit of background of this deal is uh, it 's a six acre um, uh commercial, but the commercial is actually a, a retail is a car dealership and it has some self storage and a mechanic it 's kind of like a mixed use property right now mm-hmm. and um, yeah it's highway frontage it has about hundred thousand car per day pass by can see this property so it 's a very valuable property. And it just—I mm-hmm. saw it. I was like, "This, I'm gonna buy this," and I—I'm—I'm I'm just determined. I—I I want this, right? So, it took me a long time to get to the seller, and then you know, we now we're in the middle of negotiation of the contract. And because now I'm not saying that if you're gonna buy a single-family home, you should hire an attorney, but because this is a very complex deal, it involves a lot of moving parts, so a very important person in my team is my real estate attorney. So I had talked to my attorney and tell him all the good, bad, and otherwise he's very diligent. But at some point I let my attorney took over of, um, Mm. what my job should be as well. What happened was my attorney is doing his job, nothing wrong that he didn't do anything wrong. He was doing his job, and then the seller also bring in an attorney. Then we just allow the attorney to talk. Okay, the two attorneys, attorneys are just negotiate. Talking. Exactly, yeah. and that is never a good thing, okay, because <laughs> no. they got too technical. They got too – and, okay, maybe, maybe I should put it out there for all the audience. Attorney is known to kill the deal, and they are. Yeah. So I'm, and they I'm an attorney, they,
1: <laughs> but uh, I, I was trained as an attorney. But when you're working as an attorney, you look for what's n- not working, right? Like attorneys exactly. are are valuable, in the in so far as I can see, they can spot all the problems, and they'll Absolutely. they'll look for, you know, they try to protect the client. But that's not yes. necessarily the best way to make a deal. So so then that was your biggest mistake in letting the attorney. Um, <laughs> letting your attorneys, the attorneys negotiate instead of you doing the negotiation. Um,
0: yes, I think at at one point I realized um, this. Actually, the 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 story goes was the attorney basically screw up the deal. Now again, I'm not blaming my 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 attorney at all because I should take responsibility and I should read better of what's going on with the seller and everything. And then one day yeah. I got the message and say the seller don't want to sell anymore. And I Ugh. was devastated. I was, I was devastated. Uh, and my husband, and my husband text, text, put me in the suicide watch. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, Amida.
1: Um, man, this is so good. But our our time is yeah. we're almost out of time. Um, and, okay. And I, I I wanted so I, we need to. Or, you know what how how can people find out more about you or reach you what's the best way to, that people can can find out more about what you do because you have such great stories and and content what did what how can they reach you
0: sure um um you know my my website is actually dot com. is a-m-a-d-a-c-h-a-n and uh you know anybody who needs help and uh need advice or, you know, share my mistake <laughs> and so you don't do that, that would be that would be a great, great, uh, you know, great way to do that. Okay. All right. So
1: Ameda Amedachan dot com. It's on the um the the description of the podcast here. You can you can find the link to her website there. Um and uh we have time for a quick Trinity so what is uh, what are you celebrating? What are you bragging?
0: Wow, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I I think the one thing I need to brag, and I don't know if necessary a brag, is that I recently got off the red race. Uh, and Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if if you have the the game cash flow, you know, which we dedicate a lot of time to play the game, I recently got off the cash, you know, um, the the red race. And today yeah. I'm doing much, much bigger projects than, say, you know, in 2004, uh, the $200 deal. Now I'm working on, you know, eight-figure deals, and it's it's been fun. But it's the same process. It really doesn't make any process different. It's just the number is different. The amount is different. Yeah. But the same amount of principle, you know, still apply. Oh.
1: Well, well bragged. Good.
0: So good. All right. So what are you <laughs> grateful for? for um to have the opportunity to share my own you know good bad or otherwise experience with others <laughs> and hopefully you know other people's experience will be a lot different you know in better in a better way but you know if you if you'd be very careful and do your homework things should play out fine and you know just that yeah. to see people would have to walk through any you know bad experience
1: Mm, beautiful. And lastly, what's one thing you desire? One
0: thing you desire? Wow. What's the one thing that I desire? Well, um, I, I think I'm doing that already. I know for sure it's. Um, I'm kind of like doing one at a time. I'm helping other people. It could be kids. I'm. I'm helping a 14 year old. Try to make him understand what is going on. What money means. It doesn't really mean that you just become a rich person and, you know, you ignore the rest of the world. I'm trying to touch him and make him understand once you become that person, you can help other people. So that's what I'm doing individually, Um, not in the big scale, you know, not like, you know, I've written the book and sell millions of them. But, you know, if I can just do one at a time, they'll be fun.
1: Yeah, beautiful. So shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. Yep. Thank you, Ameda. That was awesome. I loved hearing your story. Um, there's so much more. I know um, it was half hour, but was super fast, but I loved it. Thank you uh, again. Again, y'all, you can reach her at amedachan.com and you can reach me at realestateinvestorgoddesses.com and get a copy of um, my free ebook there, The Real Estate Success Blueprint, several crucial steps everyone must take to be a successful real estate investor and connect with me there or on our Facebook page. We will see you or hear you or talk to you next week for um, another real estate investor goddess interview.
0: Bye-bye.